You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Connor Lundius has been a dancer since the age of five. She danced competitively for almost a decade and continued to dance through college. At the age of 22, she was injured in a car crash and sustained an L2 spinal cord injury. It was then that she found the roulettes and decided to keep dancing. Since 2019, Connor has been dancing and choreographing for the Rolettes dance team. She currently serves as team captain and director of outreach and social media for the organization. So, Connor, I know that dance has been a big part of your life, even from like the age of five, I believe. So uh, how did how did you get into dance at that age? Yeah, so I, I've been basically been dancing my whole life. I grew up dancing. Um, my grandma put my twin sister and I both in dance classes when we were five, um, you know, like, like many kids. Um, and I started dancing competitively when I was 10. Mm. Um, and when I went to high school, I kept going with my competitive um team in my hometown, as well as danced on my high school dance team at basketball games and such. Um, so dance has always kind of really been a important, like connective aspect of my life. Um, when I started college, I thought I was done with dancing, you know, I thought it was fun for me. Um, I really enjoyed doing it, but I never at that point saw myself doing it longer term, longer than I already had. Um, so my freshman year of college, I didn't dance. Mm. And like, I realized then not doing it for a year, how much I missed it, um, how much I craved like it as a source, you know, a creative outlet, a form of expression, and just being like physically active in that way. Um, so I took one year off in college, and then I started on my college team. Um, and I was injured like two weeks after I graduated college. Again, you know, thinking, okay, dance through college. I have a bachelor's in fashion merchandising. I had plans to, you know, go to grad school. I was really just going to focus on having a career in, in that area. Um, and then I was injured and I really needed some, you know, part of my, my life back and uh, one of my OTs suggested like checking into the dance team, um, which was not called the Rolettes at the time. I think they were just about to rebrand to the Rolettes, but um, I found them, started, you know, did some of our founder Chelsea Hill's choreography in my chair. I think I was like maybe nine months post injury. Um, and I've been dancing ever since. So it's just quite interesting to me. Like, that something that started as, you know, such just a small thing of, you know, my grandma putting me in dance classes has held such a significant aspect of my life. And it's always, you know, I, I call it like the, the puzzle piece that connects like pre and post injury from me, but also like all of the different stages of my life as well. So I don't know when I'll stop, but I don't plan to anytime soon. And so what, what was it specifically that you missed when you weren't dancing? I think it was, I felt more connected with myself. Um, 
and having it as a way to express yourself, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I also have a bachelor's in fashion merchandising. I love expressing myself through dress. So expressing myself, an emotion, a feeling, you know, some sort of a story through dance, I think has been, you know, subconsciously a very important part of of my life as well and something that I missed. I, I also come from a very creative family. My uncle's a dancer, my dad's a musician. So I and my sister also is a, you know, dancer artist. Um so I think just having it in my blood also helped. <laughs> so you talked about obviously the the expression and the creativity. So then the, this begs the question is dance an art or a sport? I think it's both. (laughs) I do. I do think dance is both because there is, I mean, but like with anything, you know, in basketball, there are, you know, there's plays, there are certain moves, there's a strategy. I think Mm -hmm. in other sports where there's strategy in dance, that's where the actual, that's where choreography comes into play. Like that is our strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with dance, there are certain elements where you don't really have to think about it and you can freestyle, but really in the, you know, the sport of dance, there's so much more than just movement that goes into it. Um, and especially even when you're dealing with something like the roulettes, which is a wheelchair dance team trying to figure out how, you know, seven to 14 to <laughs> and up of us can, and can do a piece and have it all connect and, and look well. So I think dance is both. I think it's a great form of artistic expression, but it also does place, it, it's a mental and a physical um, work as well. Yeah, and it's like art through movement, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the movement part is 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 where the physicality and the, mm-hmm. and the uh, sport comes into play. So, um, when you or other member members of the Rolettes get out and, and practice, you know, are, are you are you sweating? Are you are you working out? I mean, do you do you get all the benefits that that, that uh, you know some other sports that folks might realize or, or recognize uh, in terms of the physicalness of it? Mm-hmm. We are, we are. I definitely think um, with dance, I think dance is sometimes tricky. It sneaks up on you in that way, where in the moment you really don't feel like you're doing a lot, but the next day you're like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're you're enjoying it and just moving through it so much that you don't realize how how much it does um, work your body. Um, and then also with the with the roulettes with our dance team, we try and. C- constantly to challenge ourselves with, you know, pushing ourselves with the choreography. Can we, you know, lean a little bit more or try this move incorporating dance with non-disabled partners also is a huge challenge to our disabled bodies. Um, And just the cardio, I think one of our routines is five and a half minutes long. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stop, you know, we're on the floor the whole time. Um, So it definitely is a, a huge source where you can have that outlet of energy um it's it's a cardio workout for sure sometimes too and you know the the stronger you are the more you can kind of you know move around and and do a lot more yeah i think um i think other than the cardio aspect of it you know uh, you're doing similar movements that you would if you were doing a, a workout routine, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether it's with weights or without weights, but, you know, you're still moving, you know, arms and, and, you know, uh, shoulders and I mean, anything that, that you're able to move. So, so, uh, so besides the cardio and besides the movement, are there other kind of physical uh, benefits to, to dance? Um, I would say for, um, for our 
wheelchair for wheelchair users, it's a huge um, test to your balance mm-hmm. um, as well. Your core strength. I don't think um, I am a very low level injury. I'm an L2 paraplegic. Um, so I have a lot of my core muscle muscles and that shows a lot in the choreography that I do. A lot of times I'll go to teach some of our girls who are, you know, um, they're like middle to lower um, T level injuries. And they're like, hang on, hang on. I can't, I can't do that. So I think it's a huge test to your balance, your core, um, you know, and also it, you can move your whole body through dance, whether you don't realize it or not, you know, just, I think constantly pushing to perform at 110% is the best when it comes to dance. Um, you know, and that's everything. It's also a huge, I always love choreographing and teaching and performing because I feel like it also helps keep my, my brain working and moving and thinking and as well as my body. Yeah. And that's what I was hoping you would talk about is, is the fact Mm -hmm. that it's also working, working, you know, from a mental side as well, and emotional side and all the other things that any sport would, would offer. And then breathing, right? Working through mm-hmm. breathing and breathing techniques. Yes. Yeah. I learned from a very early age, um, just in growing up in competitive dance that there are, you know, there are points and routines where a breath is, that's your spot where you're going to breathe, take a, you know, an exhale and then breathe in. So that's it. The huge part of dance as well is not making the whole performance big, giving yourself that time to breathe so you can get through the next, the next movements. And so I know that obviously as a member of the Rolettes and a, and a, a captain and, and a choreographer, uh, if you're meeting someone for the first time, that's never thought about, you know, dance, how do you approach that individual? There's a lot of trepidation, um, especially with our women's empowerment event, Rollett's Experience. It started out as a dance camp, and dance is still the core of Rollett's Experience, but it's not. We also have panels and seminars, and it's more of just a community of, of women with disabilities that come together, but dance classes still happen. And the feedback that we get a lot when we're when we're talking to people about attending is they're like, oh, I'm, I'm not a dancer. Like, I, I can't do that. I'm not a dancer. But then they come and it's their favorite part, their favorite part of the whole event because it sounds scary. I think for a lot of people moving in that way and it's a whole different experience mentally, physically, emotionally than you maybe not have had in the past. But for me, dance has helped me understand myself, my injury and just the way that I move through life more. So I don't, think of dance when talking about people who have never tried it before as this huge thing that they have to you know really like accomplish but more so just something that they can try and almost every time they always end up feeling like so much more comfortable and confident with like who they are because they've been given this this moment this outlet to really you know connect with themselves in a way they never have before and and is that part of the why? Like why would why would someone want to come out and, and even you know join you or the Rolettes? I think it is. It's a huge part of our why. It's helps um, empower and really just bring confidence and the dedication to just do whatever they want in life. I, that's the one thing I think has been interesting for me with dance is that. I've, you know, been able to interweave it into everything that I've wanted to do with my life. And 
there's a reason for that because it's helped me become who I am today. So trying dance doesn't mean, or dancing doesn't mean that that's all that you have to do, but you can take what you learn from it and incorporate it into so many other areas of your life. Hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. I think any, you know, that's what sport, that's the power. Yeah. Of it's, general, they, right? it's everything teaches you a lesson. And I feel like dance is huge in teaching you a lesson about yourself and who you are and just helping with confidence. And especially when talking to other women with disabilities, confidence is a huge factor. Um, you know, being too shy to roll into a room where you might be the only disabled person or, you know, go into that job interview or meet somebody that you've never met before. That extra little, you know, performance <laughs> that dance might teach you might help you in those situations where you, you feel more comfortable with your body. And then maybe you can kind of put yourself into this little performance mindset, you know, where I've danced, I can do this. It's going to, it's going to help you out more in life for sure. Yeah, indeed. And so, um, if you are a 14 year old or, or even a 24 year old, what, uh, when they first come into a, a, a first, uh, whether it's a clinic or a practice or rehearsal, what, how do you work with that individual? Mm-hmm. I always, uh, we stretch first and foremost, <laughs> arms, back, neck, shoulders, all of that. Um, and then I really focus on foundational movements of dance. Um, I've been teaching, what started out is really beginner. Now it's a little bit more intermediate virtual dance classes for, gosh, going on three years now, which is crazy. Um, but I focus on movements that I can really explain clear and concise movements um, and precision and also memory. Cause those are, I think the three most important things in learning a dance is where are your movements? Where exactly are they? You know, how precise is it a sharp? Is it loose? Is it more fluid? And then how does everything connect together with your memory? So when I start working with someone first um, it's a little bit more of a beginner movement where Everything is very clearly defined and then working with them more on longer, then I can start to develop more fluid movements, uh, maybe a little bit more freestyle um, pieces of choreography that have a lot more of a, of a performance of a, of a story to tell. Um, when I first start working with someone, I really just kind of like to build the foundations of dance. It's like, you know, growing up at all of us, we took ballet to learn first, second, third, fourth, fifth position. So it's kind of like that with um, with adaptive dancing, dancing in my wheelchair. It's there are certain arm movements and just things to build to start with, like your dance vocabulary, and then you can go from there. So you have a foundation that you start from then. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. like anything, you progress and add and build out um, so that you ultimately have like a routine and, and something that you can perform. Mm-hmm. For and, sure, and and um, talk a little bit about what the rollettes do and and where and how in terms of I know you know in terms of whether you put on performances at at you know local locations or theaters or events or I know that you know I've seen you all at some of the abilities expos uh, when we're mm-hmm. there. So talk about some of the events that you all do. Yeah, so the rollettes were an all women's wheelchair dance team based in LA. Uh, we currently have seven full-time team members and six um, part-time little sisters. Our little sisters are in other parts of the U.S., but our full-time team members are all based in California. 
Um, the team started out as a dance team. So that's always been and will be the core of what we do. Um, we do perform at different events. We'll perform wherever. Um, you know, if somebody calls us tomorrow and is like, hey, want to go X, you know, to this place and do this. And we're like, yes, you know. So we perform at corporate events, uh, places like the Abilities Expo. Um, this past spring, we got to dance at a Boston Celtics halftime game, um, which was amazing for us. We've also done um, a Sacramento Kings halftime, really just any opportunity where we can get on a stage, on the court, you know, in, in a room and show what we love. Um, that's what we're down for. Beyond that, um, a lot of us focus on just empowering other women with disabilities, whether that's through um, creating content, through let's experience and just other things that we decide to do. That's awesome. And and um, uh, what's, what's kind of the future? Do you have other future plans in terms of uh, expansion or, uh, you know, being in more places or more locations? There are always goals. Um, we would love to... Right now, our biggest goals is to bring a not as big as what we do in LA, but maybe a little bit smaller role at experiences to the UK and Australia um, to just kind of expand our reach beyond the US. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you big dreams, big dreams, big dreams. That's <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, international. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you mentioned courts. So when you all dance, is there a, is there an ideal uh, you know, surface, you know, um, I imagine, um, you know, I know carpet's not <laughs> great for chips, mm-hmm. uh, but is there an ideal surface for, for dancing? There is, it's funny you mentioned that because we've actually, we've danced on every surface imaginable. Um, I'm sure, you know, the world is not, you know, always accessible. And even if they say it is, it's not really exactly what you need in the moment. So, um, yeah, I think of the basketball courts that we've danced on are great. I can't remember if it was Celtics or Kings, but one of those floors had been freshly waxed. And so it was, you know, we were turning a lot faster. We could, you can't stop as easy. Um, So there's always that element of our performance of the unknown where you just don't know, you know, we've performed outside um, before on, I don't want to say gravel, but just like, you know, sometimes asphalt and things like that aren't hundred percent even there's tiny little rocks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what, after I first joined the team full time in 2019, we, um, had a, a performances in Italy and that was really great. So much fun. Um, I think our first couple of performances went well, but our last performance of the trip was in this old theater. And we found out the night before it was on a raked stage that was based it's on a incline and one of our girls um didn't have brakes on her chair at the time she was like i don't really need them right now come to find out she needs them for this trip um you know so we're scrambling to try and find her brakes for her wheelchair the night before and then we also had to adjust our entire routine to where we could build in um you know stop and take account to lock our brakes and then do movements again because um you know, they were under the assumption that we were just had our wheelchairs break the whole time, but we try and incorporate movement with our wheelchairs as much as we can. So we were really moving a lot. We change formations a lot and all different surfaces. The ideal one is just flat, 
not greasy, you know, with, with no little bumps in the way, but that's not ever really what you encounter, which is fine, which, you know, it's great for us because we're, nothing's going to stop us (laughs) because we, we performed everywhere. It's all about adaptation, right? Which is adaptation for sure. Yeah. We just, (laughs) we make it, we make it work with, with what we're given. Yeah. And you mentioned chairs. So do you uh, use a particular style of, of chair uh, in your dance routines? All of us um, just dance in our everyday chairs. So what we're rolling around with regularly is what we're dancing with. Um, When I first joined, I was still using my first wheelchair. So, of course, that's a little bit larger um, with and like length. And, you know, my backrest was much higher than it needed to be. I had airless tires and you slowly learn all of these things that aren't really like in your favor. For instance, I'm much taller than all the girls. So my chair has to be a little bit bigger, but the larger your chair is, you can, the slower it takes for you to turn around. Mm-hmm. So we would practice and all the girls could, you know, make it around on a five, six, seven, but I wasn't hitting, you know, the front until two. So there is that element where you have to, you know, adjust and adapt for what works for everybody. And sometimes your chair how much freedom it gives us doesn't really give you everything that you need in dance. Um, so really thinking about that, especially when we're choreographing and, and for more than just ourselves is everybody's chairs, everyone's movements and work, what works best. Um, so the smaller chair, the better, um, constantly having, having, um, tires that you can air up and keeping those, you know, those tubes inflated like helps. Um, also for me, I personally don't have that much of a backrest on my chair. So that gives me a lot more range of motion. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really just dependent on, you know, but if my injury wasn't low, that wouldn't be great. So it's really just dependent on the person. But the smaller the chair, the the more freedom that you do have with dance because you can move faster and freer. So the good news is you don't need a a specialized sports chair, which obviously. No, yeah, you don't. And. We've had women on the team before um, dance in their power wheelchairs, um, and we've had other attendees with mobility devices at Rolex Experience dance through that way as well. There's, Then that's what I think I love most about dance is that you can always adapt it to make it work for you. You know, how we learn from, you know, non-disabled choreographers here in LA, we adapt it how it works best for us but then if i go and i teach that to somebody else it might look completely different that doesn't make it any less significant but that choreography and the meaning and the message behind it is still translated in the same way and and i'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of my questions for you connor was the uh, the other adaptations or even Mm -hmm. the other disabilities so you mentioned power chair but have you worked with um other individuals, dancers that, you know, may have some mobility and, uh, and, and aren't using a chair or do you focus on, obviously, since you're the roulettes, you know, wheelchair dance? Yeah, may, we focus mainly on um, wheelchair dance. That being said, I have taught numerous dance classes where um, there are people who don't use uh, mobility devices in them. Um, and I can kind of give them instruction on what to do with the lower half of their body, especially because I was, you know, dancing for almost 20 years, um, non-disabled. But a lot of times I will also suggest, you know, if you're wanting to learn and just kind of explore dance from me, 
they can sit down in a regular chair and, you know, move the exact way that I'm moving. But I teach a lot of people who their range of motion isn't quite, you know, at full capacity like mine is. So I'm constantly adapting and adjusting choreography for them. And it's also, I think, helped me learn more about dance and teaching and instructing and choreographing for so many different people. I've figured out like so many different ways to, to express myself through the, through dance. So what else, or what, if anything, does a new dancer need? I mean, in terms of, you know, other sports or activities, you need, you know, lots of equipment sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. uh, does a new dancer need anything? I don't think they need anything other than the willpower, you know, and um, the mindset of wanting to accomplish it. The only thing that I would say is a mirror really helps, um, especially when dancing and learning. Oh, yeah. um, really visu- having that visual of yourself and how you look and how you move, you can see things. Um, having a camera and recording yourself and watching it back, like that's a lot of dances is examining yourself and always pushing yourself to do better. So other than that, you don't really need anything at all. <laughs> which is, which is awesome because that mm-hmm. means uh, there's a lower barrier, you know, entry to right. barrier, entry barrier, right? So you can, mm-hmm. just about anybody can, can dance if they want to. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, so, so what else, I mean, is there anything that you, that we haven't talked about that you'd like to, to, to highlight about, um, you know, the, the benefits and the, and the power of dance. I would just say that I think, you know, and it's probably something that I've been touching on is the thing that I love about dance is that I don't really feel like there's a timeline on it with a lot of other sports. Some of them require so much physically on you that you can only do it for a certain amount of time or, you know, maybe in order to stay really competitive and, in the top tier that you want to be, you have to be consistently doing it with dance. It may not always be like that. You can dance, you know, all the way through your life. You know, my grandparents dance, they're in their eighties, you know, and they still, so it's just something that you can always have. Um, and however much you want to put into it, it's fine. And, and it's always fun. So that's really all I have to say is that I love how dance dance is a sport, but it's something that you can do throughout your whole life rather than having maybe a career or have it as a sport for, you know, for 15, 20 years. And then you have to shelf it because you can't do it anymore with dancers, always a way to make it work. So it's a lifelong activity. Mm-hmm. Back to, back to one of the first things we talked about is how long are you going to do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> as long as I can, I don't, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Awesome. And just so for our listeners, uh, tell us how people can find the Rolettes. Tell us how people can find you. Right. You can find the Rolettes everywhere. We're on all social media platforms um, at Rolettes underscore LA on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Our website with all of the information is RolettesDance.com. There you can find more about our team members, what we do, as well as Rolex experience as well. And then you can find me on all social media platforms at Connor Lundius. Thanks, Connor. Thank you.